0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel, according to Luke. Lord, you, Jesus said to his disciples, "Thus it is written: that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead and on the third day, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in His name." to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city, until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, raised his hands and blessed them. As he blessed them, he parted from them and was taken up to heaven. They did him homage, and they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, praising God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise You, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, everybody. Apologize for being late. Had a hard time getting out of Portola this morning. A lot of a lot of visitors and people there. Good conversations, I couldn't leave quite as quickly. And also remember, as I mentioned last weekend, we have a special occasion today after Mass, or toward the end of Mass, we're gonna bless the, uh, Michael and Pam and Chris and Arnold celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. So, so we're gonna do a little blessing after Mass as well. I told them to wear what they wore 50 years ago, <laughs> but uh, Mike couldn't fit in his tuxedo. So. Too much pasta, Mike. Take it easy. (laughs) In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It's hard to believe, but the war in Ukraine, which is, of course, on the topic in the world for, for so long now, it's still ongoing. But have you noticed that in all of the news coverage, You haven't seen any huge refugee camps, have you? You don't see huge stadiums packed with crying Ukrainians, with, with children and, and, and women and, and old ladies just crying their eyes out. Because over, there are millions and millions of people displaced. And yet, you would think that the media would go to these places and, and, just, and just show pictures of all these sad-looking people. Poland itself received over 3.4 million refugees within a matter of of weeks. And yet you don't see any huge camps, do you? Why is that, by the way, do you think that is? And this is an amazing witness, by the way. Poland is one of Europe's, in fact, it is Europe's most devoutly Catholic country. They're the most practicing. And so the reason why you don't see huge government camps of refugees is because individual, predominantly Catholic families, have stepped up. And they said to the Ukrainians that are fleeing across the border, they're saying, come into my home. Come, stay here with me. Catholic families are doing this. Catholic parishes are organizing themselves, taking in million, again, 3.4 million refugees into their homes. utterly amazing you will not see this headline by the way on the news the Catholic Church steps up but notice this too the Polish people they don't have the ability to stop the war they can't control Putin they can't control the vast powers that are at play here they don't have the ability to stop this Oh, but we have power for sure. Remember that image? I, I used this image. Gosh, well, a couple of weeks ago, I mean, a couple of months ago now, with one of my homilies. I forget where. But imagine ourselves now. Every time you and I walk into a room full of people, I guarantee you that that room will be packed with pain. Everybody will be laughing and smiling, of course, because that's what we do in polite company. But oh, we have no idea the heartache that every single person carries in whatever room we walk into. Yes, we smile and we're okay because it's impolite to talk about our problems all the time. It's weird. (laughs) And so we, we get along. Oh, but we have no idea. We walk into a room. The weight that someone carries. Now walk into that room, picture yourself, and ask, do I move the needle of that room closer to heaven or closer to hell? Every single one of us has that ability. When we walk into a room, we can either make that room worse by moving that needle closer to heaven or hell. The Polish people, I think one of the reasons why they have responded heroically to this crisis is that the Polish people remember well what happened just generations ago. Just people still alive from that time period when the communists took over and before them the Nazis. Tremendous darkness and pain in that part. Etched in on one of the cells of a, of a concentration camp, one of the Jewish prisoners wrote, it says this, and I'll quote in German. So someone carved this on, in a cell. In English, it's translated if there is a God, he will have to beg my forgiveness. The author of this etching in the wall is unknown to us. Probably died one of the the six million people. But the sentiment for anyone who has suffered, who has ever prayed, who has ever cried out, we understand, don't we? How many of us have ever prayed, God, where are you? I thought you're my father. Where are you in my pain? I thought you would be with me forever. And look at this, who, who carved this, this etching into that wall. It was a Jewish person, probably a man, you think. He's saying, fuck. Father, we've been following you for thousands of years. From Adam and Eve, all the way to Abraham, all the way through the tribes of Israel. We followed you after Moses, who led us free from Egypt. We followed you all the way through that desert. You brought us to, to, to the Holy Land, now modern day Israel. You defeated the Canaanites, the Amorites. We followed you there. We inherited the Holy Land. We've been following you, trying to be faithful to you. And then now this this figure of Hitler walks into a room and he moves the needle towards hell. Where are you? Do you feel the force of this here? And how the apostles, oh, in the gospel today. Our Lord now, so the context here, our Lord has been raised from the dead. It's after Easter. It's 40 days after Easter now. And our Lord has been appearing to them, walking through walls, eating fish along the shores of Galilee. Remember that beautiful story? And he's been with them for 40 days, and he takes them to Bethany, which is outside of Jerusalem. By the way, we know where this happened. We can go there to this very day. And there's a little chapel. That's what we do. We build chapels everywhere. There he is. Now, picture this. Here here are the apostles who've been with Jesus for for the last 40 days. And then Jesus Jesus says says something to them. He says, all right, I am leaving you now. What? You're leaving us now? We need you now more than ever. What are you talking about you're going? We're, We're about to launch the Catholic Church here. You're going to launch us into this this hostile world. Jesus, we need you. Don't go anywhere. Where are you going? Jesus, there's a war in Ukraine right now. Go over there. Stop it. Jesus, there's just kids dying of cancer. Jesus, come. Stop. Stop it. In John 16, he says something very strange. It's another version of, the, of this gospel. He says, if it is actually better for you that I go. It's better for you that I leave you. Why? As the first reading attests, because I will send you power from on high. He reveals that in a few short days, the Holy Spirit now will descend upon you. That same Spirit which unites God the Father and God the Son, that love, that outpouring, which becomes the third person of the Holy Trinity, that same Spirit which unites the Holy Trinity itself will descend upon you. Stay here until I send it to you. And then this here now begins to practice what we call novenas. In novenas, we pray for our nine-day intention. Where did that come from? Right here. Because what, 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 what happens next after our Lord now ascends into heaven, the church stays huddled in Jerusalem. And for the next nine days, the church is praying, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come. And then when that Holy Spirit descends upon them, the church explodes out into the world. Oh, 2,000 years later, The concussion of that still reverberates. Where is God? We ask ourselves. It's actually the wrong question. Because you and I, we have the Holy Spirit. Do you realize that? When you were baptized and when you were confirmed. That same power which transformed the church 2,000 years ago, which launched out into a hostile world and converted it within a few generations. That same power which enlivened and raised Jesus from the dead and healed the sick. That same power you and I have. And as beautifully as St. Paul says in the second reading today, notice what he says here. Oh, the Ephesians. Beautiful. He says, You and I are the body of Christ. Where is the body? Wherever a baptized Christian goes. Wherever I go. Wherever I am. Christ is there. All the power of the Holy Spirit now transformed here. Now here's here's the question, because you and I have the Holy Spirit. And so now how... Do we become transformed by it? It's the Holy Mass. Every time we receive the Lord in the Holy Eucharist in a state of grace, we are transformed. Every time we pray on our knees and we tune our ears and our hearts to the will of the Father, we are transformed every time we live and study our faith, every time we go to confession, every time we live fervently, oh, you and I become stronger. We become more Christ-like. And I'm talking about a Christian who doesn't just follow the Lord when convenient. I'm talking about a Christian who goes to Mass every Sunday. Why? Why do I say that? I'm talking every Sunday. You should be, the only reason why you miss Mass is if you're on your deathbed. It's the third commandment of the Lord. Following all the commandments of God, the fullness of the faith, to love the Lord your God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, all of our strength. Why am I so emphatic about this? Because soft Christians will never move the world. Christians actually make the world worse. I want to move the needle closer to heaven. That kid who killed those kids in Uvalde, which we all know about, he walked into that room and he pushed that needle closer to hell, didn't he? Oh, he pushed that needle far closer to hell. That evil man. You and I have that same power. So, now let's go back to the image of that room. Now, imagine the devout Christian walks in, transformed through the power of of the sacraments, receives the communion as, as, as often as possible who prays every single day, who studies his faith, knows the Bible, pours himself out, is utterly generous. A Christian now who loves the Lord God with all of his hard mind and strength. Now imagine that Christian walking into that room. Let me ask you, does he move the needle closer to heaven or hell? We know the answer.